Don't you think we're at a point in our lives where we should be able to start saying no to things yeah. with, without having an excuse? You know? I think so. I think there, there's power in the word of no. You know, absolutely. Power in the word of just saying, in the response of saying, no, I can't do it. Or no, <laughs> not gonna make it. You know? Yeah. But now we feel compelled to have these excuses, these, these reasons as to why we can't make it. Like, let's say there's an event, right? And we get invited to an event. You know, you and me, mm-hmm. Jimmy and Nikki, Nikki Pusey, <laughs> Jimmy Jozio. Yeah, you're my plus one. You know, or you're my plus one, you yeah, know. Either way. Either way, it's interchangeable. You know, it's 2019, hashtag me <laughs> also. And we get invited to a thing, but then at the last second, I just say, hey, I can't make it. And you go, okay, I understand. Yeah. I could even say maybe something came up. Hey, something came up. Can't make it. But see, therein lies the rub, but also therein lies the the difference between a abrosive kind of thing yeah. and a family thing or even a non-family thing like a... Maybe I'm giving too much away. Oh, God, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Oh, what do you think? Philippians. You know what I mean? Something like yeah. that. Like like you go to a thing, right? And it's a thing that they that you're supposed to go to because it's like the second coming of you know who. And it's like a big deal, even though it's yeah. like just another revolution around the sun and that person's not going to remember you being there or not. It's like it's going to be engraved in their memory. I think you know what I'm putting down if you can pick up the pieces. But all of a sudden, you just don't feel like going because it's a drive. It's a process. And the weekend, the time is precious, you know? Mm-hmm. The time is precious. I mean, I'm grinding on that train day in, day out. You know this. You might not be sitting next to me on the train, although you are in my headphones sometimes. Yeah. And you are in my heart, you know, and on my mind. So you're with me in spirit, maybe. But you know I got to grind to the moon base. You got your grind to your own little mm-hmm. moon base, you know? And no offense when I said little moon base. I just mean like it's, it's, not, it's not like a moon base light years away like mine you know what i mean so your moon base and it doesn't hold as many people as your moon base probably does as well it might not hold as many people but i guarantee you the people your moon base are a lot nicer maybe well i'm 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 a betting man (laughs) i'm willing to bet all the money in my account that they're a lot nicer because the people in my moon base are just a little well they don't play nice (laughs) they don't play nice they're nice no um but I mean, I, I feel like I should be at the point in my life where I should be able to say no without coming up with an excuse like the baby boy, a fallen tree branch, a catastrophe, my car's on fire, the dog ate the homework again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have no qualms using my son as an excuse to get out of a hairy situation, by the way. I mean, I'm not like, it's not going to make it up like hor- horrendous stories. Like we had to go to the ER or something like that because we found a third arm growing out of his back. It's funny that you said that because I was just thinking third arm. I was actually thinking, really? yeah, I was yeah. thinking. Wow. I guess maybe because comics, I was thinking radioactivity. Wow. Like we had some radioactivity, and he's got a third eye or third. Well, that you know, there has been some gamma radiation going around town. Okay. Have, you, have you been reading about that? I like these things that. in like the rivers and the lakes and the ponds and the creeks. Apparently, there's been something, some kind of algae or some bacteria uh, gestating, uh, unbeknownst to us, or maybe beknownst to us. It's in the green. It's in the green. It's in the green. I must get it out of the swamp. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, something like that. Yeah. You put a little reverb on it. You know. Remember when Keith, uh, our boy Keith David, did the voice of Spawn on that HBO show? Oh yeah, it was so good. Any kind of voice like that does me in right away. Like I'm good to go. I wish I could respond to these 
invitations in the resounding negative, the way that, you know, Alfred suggests in Batman Returns when they get that invitation from the odious Max Shrek, you know? Yeah. Bruce Wayne's working on the Batmobile, but he pops his head up to go, no, wait, Selena Kyle might be there. Much to Alfred's dismay, he tears up the invitation. He's all blown. He's like, oh, God. I thought it was going to be another night, bro, <laughs> hanging out with your bro, hanging out with Alfie in the cave. We're going to, like, eat some fishy spool or swirl and play some video <laughs> games. I'm impressed by voice people when they have masks on. Mm, yeah. Like Jackie Earl. I can't think Jackie of Jackie Earl Haley? Yeah. yeah. When he played Warshack. Like, yeah. just that voice, even with through a mask and right. Bane and... Yeah. But the power of no. The power of no. The power of saying no, you know? With no excuse. I'm getting to the point in my life where I don't want to do shit that I don't want to do. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't have to do no, the I shit I don't want to do. I mean, there's always going to be some things we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And look, kids, if you haven't been listening to this show for a long time, you, you, should, you should probably understand it. I have spiritual beliefs, Okay. But I don't always want to go to church every Sunday. But I do. Because my loved one, the most important woman in my life, wants to go. And I'll go. And I don't bitch or moan. And I put my clothes on. And I dress up. And I do my thing. And I sit in the pew. And I, I nod my head. And I, and I do my thing. You know what I'm saying? But I got my own little thing up there. And I got my own little thing in here. Pointing to my heart. And I don't need to sit in the church to prove that to anybody. But I do it for her, Right? So that doesn't count. That does not. That's not part of this thing. We understand as men, we got to do thing, do things we don't have, we don't mm-hmm. want to do because that's the difference between being a boy and a man. You know, it's if, true. Is we do things that we have to do, but when somebody invites you to a fucking Utah, give me two, and here we go. Thundercats. Be too careful with all those weirdos around. <laughs> you Greenpeace types are pacifists, aren't you? If it bleeds, we can kill it. And yet, if. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Klopek. What is that, Slavic? No. About a nine on the tension scale, Rope. This is a little bell I ring when someone's being a total ass. You son of a bitch. You no good. Welcome to Comic-Cons, a geek podcast for the rest of us. Who are the rest of us? My name is Nick Stevens. I'm your host. But in a way, aren't we all? With me today, oh, hey. I was going to say Nick Steve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, we're, we're trying. Yeah. Maybe nobody wants to be me today because I'm <laughs> feeling kind of saucy, sassy, brassy. Saucy and sassy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just stepped in a big pile of sassy. Remember that guy? Sprickets, sprockets? I don't know. <laughs> Joining me today for the first time in a long time, not so much really at all. He's actually been on the show quite a lot recently because he's my my brother from another mother. Okay, he's my pal from the Schwal. Okay, he's my monster magnet. Okay, he's my swimming flying flannel. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jimmy Golden Cadillac Johnson, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good. Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, and we are talking about a fun movie tonight. We are. We're gonna talk about a lot of fun things tonight because it's late, and who the hell cares about getting to work on time? <laughs> Uh, last action hero 
Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. introducing Austin O'Brien for the first time and the last time. Because who gives a shit? Yeah, was he anything else? I think he popped up in that My Girl sequel. The one that nobody gave a oh, shit about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My girl, my girl, my girl. Remember when Macaulay Culkin got stung by the bees? Yeah, that was an emotional scene. <sighs> God. Get him out of the woods. <laughs> you guys knew he, he was allergic to bee stings. I mean, come on. Yeah, but he was following his heart, and he was trying to find the ring for the girl. <sighs> Give me a break. Get him out of the woods. Be a better parent. And Jamie Lee Curtis, when are you going to take your top off again? Oh, it's a family movie? I'm sorry. You shouldn't have never taken it off. But last action hero. <laughs> Somebody's watching Trading Spaces tonight. Yeah, I know, Trading right? places, not spaces. You, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> Trading places, baby. See? And that's what I'm talking about. Ooh, man. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight. You know, first off, I do want to say thanks again for being here. You know, you came Welcome, over tonight. Thanks. We watched the movie together, but I had to keep jumping in and out because I got a baby boy. I'm a proud papa. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had to put him to bed. And he and was proud, too. He's proud. He showed you all his trucks, mm-hmm. all his monster trucks. Couldn't wait to show you his entire uh, garage full of trucks and all these little things he's been working on. What uh, what people don't may not realize is that um, when I might tell somebody, oh, I, I, I can't make it because I was up all night with my son, it's not a lie. It's actually a, a reality because my son does, does not believe in doing just one set, you know? Yeah. He's been doing like three sets a night now. First, he does, uh, you know, Catch a Rising Star. Then he shows up to the improv, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after the improv, after he does a set at the improv, he goes on down to uh, the comedy store, you know. So he's doing like three sets a night. And my wife and I keep pleading with him, like, look, 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 you're hilarious. The people are calling sitcoms, uh, streaming companies, you know. They want you to do three specials now, you know. They want to fly out to L.A., but you, you're good now. You can just do one set and live comfortably. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to stretch yourself so thin, but he's like, no, I want to do three sets. I want this guy to open. You know, before we realize it, he are going to bed at like two in the morning. He's doing four sets a night half the time. And it's like a, during the week. I'm like, could you at least close, like do this kind of closing thing? You know what I'm saying? Where you get like an opener and then you close, or maybe you open and somebody else closes, you know, we could try to be in bed by 10, but now we're going to bed at like midnight, you know, that's rough for whom the bell tolls. Time March is on. Last action hero, 1994, right? 93. 93? Mm-hmm. Fuck me running with a chainsaw. When did you see this movie? Did you see it in theaters? I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I do remember a blockbuster guy, mm. probably like opening night of blockbuster. A blockbuster guy. Yeah, so like, like it came out like the night of. Wasn't that great when you had to like mm-hmm. get there fast to get the last... To get a copy. I think my mom would just bring it home to like oh, that's fantastic. Swing, swing by and grab them. And, that's great. Yeah. And, and you loved it immediately? Yeah, loved it immediately. Because you were an Arnold guy. You loved it. You grew up on these action movies. Yeah, I think I grew up on Arnold. Um, yeah, me too. We talked about, and I always forget the name of it. What Heat, Arnold movie Dawn, have we not Dawn talked about? Heat yeah, we, Red Heat? You Red mean? Heat, yeah. Dawn of Heat. <laughs> Dawn of Heat. I think I was thinking Red Dawn and I didn't want to mess yeah, it up. Yeah. So no, I was okay. like, but Red Heat. Red Heat. Um, Kindergarten Cop. Just... All those films, and actually, Jingle All the Way is probably one of my favorite Christmas films with Arnie in it. Jingle All the Way. I gotta say, Jingle All the Way has a lot of uh, hidden gems in it, specifically Phil Hartman. Everybody that listens, anybody listens to this podcast or is Mm -hmm. a close friend of mine knows that I fucking love Phil Hartman, and his turn in that movie is just great. I think because I always hated commercialism of Christmas Mm -hmm. and how much that film just 
exploited it. Sure, in life sure, it really just did. Just to make it that way, and it was just fun. But him and Sinbad are, are going after the last toy, and like people still do that to this day on they Christmas do. Eve that for the for the deals or the Black Friday, or whatever. It's 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 even more sad now when you hear him like. Walmart employees being like trampled and like killed because people are just trying to break down the door. Like, really? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. One year it was Elmo, and then you flash forward, and all of a sudden it's PlayStations, and then video games, and yeah. I know. heard a lady like punched another lady for one of those video game chairs. Oh my god, punched! Yeah, me. I'm st- I'm still sleeping off my turkey. Have you the, ever the done the? Uh, nope. Okay, yeah. I've only worked it when I was in high school working retail. Yeah, that was enough for me. Well, I have a special relationship with this movie because it involves a kid getting transported into a movie via a magical movie ticket, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I worked at the movie theater for a long, long time. Loved working at the movie theater. I'd still be at the movie theater if you could actually make enough scratch. You would own that movie theater. Well, oh my God. I, I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And, and and don't get me wrong. A lot of people still worked at movie theaters now and they and they get by just fine or whatever. Um but I needed to pay some bills, student loans, and it just wasn't doing it for me. So I had to kind of, yeah, had to make some moves. You know what I mean? But I still, I still would love to work in a movie theater part time. I've even thought about doing it like part time on weekends or something like that. But my wife keeps like, no, no, we'll never see you. It's bad enough that <laughs> I disappear into the garage every now and then. So she wants to make sure that my disappearances are, are brief, sabbaticals. Moments, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. But the movie theater, just the magic of being in the projection booth, you know, uh, just being in the movie theater, like when, when a movie opened, you know, mm-hmm. um, just the smell of the popcorn, you know, that's why I still love going to the movies. I never get tired of going to the movies. I don't care how expensive it is. I'm going to go for a movie that I love to see. I think that's why I actually like going to some of the older theaters. Um, yeah. We've got one in town um, that you can tell they haven't updated, but mm-hmm. it still has that old smell, the oh, stale popcorn. Oh, yeah, the marquee. Smell. Yeah, the marquee. They got a freaking, they got a, they got a giant-sized uh, fish tank in the lobby, you know? They yeah. got, like, that carpet hasn't been changed since 1992. It's, it's beautiful. I know exactly what you're talking about. They haven't changed all the seats. I love that one. Yeah, I mean, the seats still, they're hard now, mm-hmm. but, like, you're still sticking to the floor. Absolutely. And it, it's just the experience of that. I love it. That's my favorite movie theater in town. Mine, too. But we never go. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> Probably because you can't really get your tickets in advance with that theater, I don't think. You can't, but every time I've gone, it's, it's never, never sold never out. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, and I'll rush 30 minutes yeah. early, and then maybe there's It's still there. It's still around. Theaters. Yeah. Yeah. They closed one time during the winter because I think the roof caved in. But oh, okay. With the snow. I, the I snow. know that's not bad. At least nobody was getting a hand job in Tarzan. Why aren't you open? Right. <laughs> Just stay open. That's part of your 4X experience, you know? I mean, you got five theaters. Which which theaters? Close, close that off one that down. Theater no, that's off. true. Yeah, that's true. Is it the lobby? Move the lobby up Move the lobby. Yeah. I always thought it'd be so cool to jump into a movie. And I love any kind of movie experience where they kind of flip it on its head and, and, and make it like a meta experience where, yeah. where they put a movie within a movie. And anytime we've talked about this, anytime there is a movie within a movie, half the time those movies look so good, I want to see the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I want to see the whole thing. And this movie kind of gives us snippets, and every time it's like a little taste, it's a little taste, and I want to see more. But then they finally th- thrust us into it, and it's, you know, D- little Danny Austin O'Brien is our he's our avatar. He's the audience's eyes into the world of Jack Slater, the yeah. the titular action hero. You know what I mean? 
the mainstay character, but he's representative, of course, of all action heroes of like the '90s and maybe even the '80s. And it's just I mean, the tough guys. That's the tough what it guys. Was. The tough guys with the bad puns. You know, the the fast rock music playing in the background. You know, all the hot smoking hot ladies of the <laughs> California landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much in the North, New York City gritty landscape, but it's yeah, it was always like palm trees, sun. Yeah, you know. Guys smoking cigarettes, fast cars, hard rock music, you know. An elderly black man with a mustache saying he was two days away from retirement. <laughs> you know. <laughs> blah, 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 you know. That poor guy. Oh, the poor guy. If you were walking down the street, mm-hmm. you know, the aforementioned pickle that I that I throw you every every show. Um, and you take a bite out of that pickle and somebody says, What does that pickle taste like? What is this movie about? You already said it. It's about a, it's about a boy who gets a magic ticket. Um, Cause I got a golden ticket, and, and pretty much. But he's also, you could almost say it's all in the kid's head because he's already a fantasy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a daydreamer. His, his mom works at nights. Mm-hmm. He's always left alone. They're in a crappy apartment. That's mm-hmm. really bad part of town. So he goes to the movie theaters and. And I get the feeling that he's a bit of a loner. And he's yeah. got. I pointed out he had like bruises and scrapes yeah, on him. Yeah, I saw that. So they didn't show this. Show us really what happened with that. I mean, could be a deleted scene, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I like, maybe he got beat up or something by kids at school or something like that. I don't know. But but a guy tries to mug him in his own apartment. A guy like in the in the built apartment yeah. building before he goes and sees the midnight uh, preview of the new Jack Slater movie. And so you're thinking like, okay, so this is this this is this kid's like stark reality, you know? Mom's away at work. She mentioned she's a widow. You know, he's just trying to be a kid and and and. and a gritty, gritty New York City. Maybe it's not the 70s New York City. You talking to me, taxi driver style, but at least it's gritty and it's murky. Yeah. And maybe it's Batman year one-ish. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, Selena Kyle's a prostitute down the hall. We got to have to work in Batman somewhere or other. Bruce Wayne's walking down the street with his green overcoat. You know, every guy who's unemployed or seemingly unemployed has to wear a green overcoat. That, that's derivative of some sort of military installation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like they hand them out. <sighs> they hand them out on the corners. And they say, thanks for coming out. And Danny O'Brien, or Austin O'Brien, he's not annoying as Mm-mm. a kid actor. He actually works pretty well. I'm surprised I didn't see him in more stuff because I actually thought he was actually pretty good. I mean, he's got a few annoying scenes as, as the kid, but I think he's supposed to be that annoying in, in, a, in a way. Yeah, he, he pulled it off well where you're just not obnoxious to having a kid. It's and, not like the kid from, you know what, uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. It's not that kid. John, now this is pod racing you know yeah. we don't have that scene but we have a couple of those moments you know arnold is great in this he's got great comedic timing in this like the character of jack slater is pretty much an amalgamation of all his other previous characters mm-hmm. the tough guy with a little bit of that humor you know and uh this movie was directed by john mctiernan or mctiernan who directed the predator you know the first one not, yeah not the predator sorry predator predator uh not the predator jesus christ Although this movie is also written by Shane Black mm-hmm. and Zach Penn. So Shane Black did, of course, Lethal Weapon movies. I think Zach Penn did some of the X-Men movies down the road. But John McTiernan, he did the first Die Hard. He did, like I said, did Predator. The music is great in this. The soundtrack is great. We got Alice in Chains. We got Buckethead. We got, uh, we got uh, ACDC. ACDC. Uh, the original score was, I think, Michael G. Kamen and Buckethead. So we get those, those swells, you know, <laughs> the bam, bam. And I actually own the soundtrack. No big deal. Which is awesome because Nick would rewind some points. He's like, hey, hey, you just talked over the swell and then we would just Oh, I had to rewind some of those scenes, man. (laughs) There's some of those scenes and I'll place one right here. 
I mean, I just fucking love that swell, dude. Mm-hmm. Gotta catch the red eye. He's jumping off the building. The flips. I, I'm like 90% positive we saw this in theaters. And I, when I was going in to see this, I was going in to see it like it was a regular Arnold action Schwarzenegger film. action yeah. movie. And I remember being a little disappointed that it was more, um, that it was almost more heart and, and, and less fast-paced action or at least the action and the action wasn't bloody like his other movies like this is pg-13 it wasn't it wasn't bloody like predator it wasn't bloody like red heat it certainly wasn't even as as graphic as as the terminator movies so i remember being a little disappointed that it was more like tongue-in-cheek but as i grew older and revisited this movie i grew to love it Mm -hmm. like i wanted to see a jack slater movie basically and i didn't need to see as a kid i was like oh i mean that kid's okay he's kind of annoying but as i grew older i was like you know what this movie's amazing all the tongue-in-cheek references I love now, you know? Like, I love how F. Murray Abraham, a Shakespearean actor who played a villain in the Mozart movie Amadeus, is parodied, and they make reference to it like, he's the guy that killed Mozart. Mo who? Sorry, I killed a lot of people, you know? I love that Danny DeVito shows up as a talking animated cat in this movie, <laughs> you know? One thing I picked up on this time um, watching it is the black and white detective. Mm-hmm. Like... Humphrey Bogart shout out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Like, That's so great. So great. There's so many great nods to not only just the action genre, but the Arnold world too. Like the I'll be back, you know? Yeah. Like there's a scene when they visit Charles Dance, who we'll talk more about in a little bit. And they visit him because Danny's like, the bad guys are in there, you know? <laughs> and they go see him. And Arnold's kind of just playing tongue in cheek the whole time. But then when the guy starts giving him shit, when Charles Dance starts giving him shit at the door, he gets kind of serious and he goes, you know, Who's asking? And Arnold goes, the Tin Man. And shows his badge, yeah. And the way he said the Tin Man when he shows the badge, I was like, that works, man. That's so badass. Like, you could say that in any movie and be like, the Tin Man. And that works. Wait, where are you going? I'll be back. Ha! You didn't know I'm going to say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do? Everybody keeps waiting for you to work it in. It's kind of like... Your calling card. I understand you're interested in drug dealers. Yes. Jack, that's him, the henchman with the glass eye. Sir, are you a henchman? No, I only go as far as lucky. Will there be anything else? Yeah, take off your sunglasses. Who's asking? The tin man. Well, Tin Man, suppose you hit the bricks. No, they're the wrong color. Are they? Oh, dear. By all means, let's change them. Would arterial red suit you? Make no mistake, they are exceptionally well-trained. I snap my fingers again, and sometime tomorrow you emerge from several canine recta. Or you and Toto can go back to the land of Oz. Questions? Yeah. Two of them. Why am I wasting time and time stop pots like you? I could be doing something much more dangerous. Like rearranging my sock drawers. And two? How exactly are you gonna snap your fingers after I rip off both of your thumbs? Ah.
Why do you think people hated on this movie? I mean, I guess we could go, we could Maybe, look up some old reviews, but because it wasn't welcomed by fans or critics, it wasn't. But I'm wondering if it's because what you said is you go in expecting an Arnold film, mm-hmm. but you get more of like a twin spin of an Arnold film, that kind of tongue-in-cheek humor that he can do, and maybe they were expecting a Jack Slater film. Well, they have it has 36% on Tomato Meter with a 46% audience score. Now, Uncle Rico and I talk about this all the time. We don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what critics or audiences say. I'm the guy... I don't either. ...that looked up... Uh, the first time I've ever looked up a critical rating on a movie before going to see it ever was Green Lantern in 2011. And I remember being so devastated because I was really looking forward to the movie because I was like, oh my God, finally. Space? Green Lantern? What could go wrong? You know, triple, quadruple <laughs> orgasms. And then I, I looked up that score and I remember being so blown like, oh no, it's only got like 21%, you know? And then we went and saw it and I was like, and it didn't help at the theater we saw it in like, the volume was like super low and I was like, no. oh, and every explosion was that's like, that's the worst. I hate that. I need, I need a movie theater experience to be fucking deafening. Like my <laughs> ears are bleeding. Now I've had that before on the opposite where it's too loud. No, I love it. And that was like the corpse's bride. So like when the, the glass broke, that's such a random movie know, for it to be too loud. <laughs> but it was when the glass broke, like an, I'm not hating on that movie, but I mean like you would think like, out of all films, that would have been a quiet one not for yeah, kids. Yeah, I know. So it had to be really loud if that movie was like, oh, I could see why if the Danny Elfman songs are like way too loud and you're like, oh, God. Now, it was like there was glass shattering and like you could just hear every piece of the glass going ding, ding, ding and like your ears oh, were man. dying. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I don't typically look up those reviews and when I do, I, I don't really give a fuck. And that Green Lantern one, like, although that review rang true and it was a pile of hot steaming dog shit. Um, I don't necessarily always agree. Like there's plenty of movies that, that, that critics have, have shat all over Batman v Superman. Um, and I, I fucking loved him like man of steel. I fucking love man of steel. And, and I think I'm a lot like you and we've talked about this. I didn't mind green lantern, but I didn't know source material either. But I used to do that too, where I would look up some critics and see things and then I'd start to get off and then I'd watch a film and then I'd be like, I don't know what the whole fuss is about this film. I mean, yeah, it's not original to this, but right. it's still decent. Let's read that. Let's read some of these. Last Action Hero loses control of itself. That's David Anson on Newsweek, but this was posted in February 9th, 2018. Interesting. Um, feels like a farewell of sorts to Arnold, January 1, 2000. Um, remind me to bring that up later. Okay. Uh, there is a lot of action in Last Action Hero. But the underlying story never, ever quite works. Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert, rest in peace. He did a lot of wonderful reviews. He actually even gave a favorable review to Barb Wire, of all movies, um, really? for just noting how it's just a tongue-in-cheek, campy, fun movie. I couldn't agree more with his assessment of Barb Wire, which, why, is, which is why I'm wondering why he doesn't think the story in Last Action Hero works. I think the story works really well. Yeah. Because you suspend your disbelief, like you do with any of these movies, and you say, okay, here's a kid going into an action movie. It had never been done before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And action movies before the MCU and the comic book movie renaissance, would you agree that the action movie was that movie? Like people were clamoring for action movies. There was an action movie made every month. 
Yeah. And whether or not it was a, a lower budget uh, Steven Seagal or Chuck Norris flick, like it was a big Arnold tentpole or a Sylvester Stallone tentpole, especially into the mid, I would say the mid 90s to late 90s is where they kind of died off because yeah. these guys were getting older and they started doing more family friendly films. No, I would agree with that because, and then in the mid 90s, you started to get more of a fluctuation of comedies right. more than anything. Right. Um, but yeah, the action, but it was just. It was a make fun of itself meta in that sense. So right. Why wouldn't you see that in the, in exactly. the storyline? Especially since it had never been done before. Um, so we got one good review. Even in this intermixing of kid fantasy and adult shoot 'em up, Hollywood insider jokes and cheap Arnold puns doesn't completely bowl you over. It's clever and intriguing. See, that's what I agree with. I agree that this movie isn't a knock you out of the park, knock your socks off kind of like amazing movie. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not. I don't think it's Arnold's best movie. Um, like true lies. Um, but I do think it's certainly up there. It's fun. It's, and I think, um, like the way the movie ends with him doing the, the wave yeah. in his, uh, 1969 Pontiac. Bonville. Yeah. Uh, going into the sunset. I feel like almost, I feel like as if this should have been his last movie before pursuing the politics, or whatever. Okay. You know? Like, it's kind of a shame that we got like, even though I do really fuck with Eraser, it's kind of a shame that we got some of those later ones like Collateral and The Sixth Day and you know Collateral Damage, I think it was, um, before he went into politics. And then like Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, that pile of dog shit. You know what I mean? Was End of Days his last one? I saw that one in theaters. I thought it was Rise of the Machines because wasn't that Maybe 2003? Was. Maybe it was And then Rise I think he got machines. elected in like 2004. He was governor. I would say that. I think I something say around Rise that. Rise of Machines because Rise of Machines in... Judgment yeah. Day were far apart from each other. So. I think so. Like, I mean, he did like End of Days, which I actually personally liked. I liked End of Days. Um, and I liked Eraser. And even like Jingle All the Way and some of the comedies. I don't think I ever saw the whole Junior, but I'd watch it nonetheless. I didn't watch him. Junior, but yeah. But I think True Lies came out in 94, mm-hmm. like the year after this one. And so True Lies was just fucking amazing. Like, I think it's one of his, I think it is his best movie. I mean, Terminator 2 is amazing, but I think True Lies shows... Arnold's full rounded, not only just comedy, but his dra- his dramatic chops as well. Yeah. Um, and this, ha- but this, I don't know. Last Action Hero has a good, has a good way of encapsulating, encapsulating that too. Like his comedy. And there's a scene in this movie where he, he realizes he's a movie character. Yeah. Right. And he's, you know, and Danny doesn't really catch the weight of it all. He's just kind of expressing it all to him. But Jack Slater's like, no, I'm, I lost my son. Like, you know, I've had to live this over and over again. And then to find out that it's not real, like, this is very real to me. You know what I mean? This is right after, of Nick. course, he shoots a guy in the closet because there's always a guy in the closet. There is, yeah. And well, it's after they, they leave the theaters. Right. Um, and he introduces him to Nick, mm-hmm. who's the old guy running the theater. And Nick's th- shaking his hand like, oh, it's so great to meet you. You know, you're mm-hmm. so overwhelming. You know, how is all this overwhelming to you? And that's where he expresses. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't feel that same way because... Right. <laughs> I right. feel the weight of this. It's not pretend to me. Right. I mean, this that's this movie not only has heart, but it's got a little bit of the it's got a little bit of that dramatic pull. You know what I mean? It does. And Charles Dance, I'm sorry, is a great villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not with the story, you have to admit that this movie is at its very base entertaining as fuck. It you is. And even the, even the villains puns. I love um, it when you're like, it is. Um, and even. <laughs> I'm just going with it. it no, is. no, 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 no. It is. But it's it's funny because I'll get so like hand bone with the thing. Like it's so <laughs> it's entertaining. It's fuck. And you're like, 
It is. And um, no, but seriously, ah. on to, and you'll have a much more highbrow point, which is amazing. But he has this moment in New York yeah. when he comes out of the screen mm-hmm. and he just kills a guy. I just shot a man. <laughs> I did it on purpose. And everybody's like, shut the fuck up. Go to bed. It's New York City. It reminds me of that coming to America scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love New York. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. Then he say fuck you back. He said, yes. (laughs) Fuck you too. (laughs) Oh, man. How do you feel about a coming to America sequel? I mean, have you heard these rumblings? It's like in development. I've heard it. I think it's too long, too gone. Too much, too late, right? Yeah, especially for Eddie. Yeah. I mean, I love Eddie Murphy. I do too. I love his older stuff, and I like I like the idea of him like having a, a resurgence and coming back into some stuff. But, but every couple of years he tries to do something different and right. something new, like to get that resurgence. I want to see My Name Is Dolomite. I don't know if you've seen the, the trailers for that. It's been popping I haven't, up but I, I I saw that the other day that he had a new film. Have you ever seen a Dolomite movie? Mm-mm. It's a treat. It's a real treat. I have to check it out. We should probably do one for the show. Okay. Because I mean, they're just never mind the fact that. They have some great character actors in there that have popped up in other movies that you recognize. It's just, there's something about some of those black exploitation films, those earlier ones. Not only are there some hilarious scenes in them, but there's some really funny, poignant, like just great, solid movie scenes. You know what I'm saying? Scenes that like, you know, like you're watching a Tarantino movie nowadays and you're like, wow, it's so good. Like, I feel like you wouldn't have half the, half the, Tarantino movies you'd have if it wasn't for some of those earlier black exploitation films like 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 Dolomite, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That shit ain't mine when they open the trunk and they put the shit back in there. What's your favorite Tarantino film? Oh man. I really love this last one. But uh I revisit Reservoir Dogs probably the most. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um the Kill Bills That's tough, man. It is, because you, you just start to go through his whole collection of, like, The Hateful Eight was really good. I think The Hateful Eight is his best in terms of, like, being a, being, it's like a play. Like, I think it is his masterpiece, you know? But I also, like, I think Django, like, Django and Chain is really good. <laughs> but I think, I think Hateful Eight is, is honestly his, his masterpiece. Although, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... And I still need to check that really one out. Solid. But Inglorious was like, it's hard to pick a film because you, like you said, Pulp Fiction, just so everything I try to, in yeah, characters. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I try to, when somebody says, what's your favorite? I just try to think of which one I visit the most. And I think Reservoir Dogs is the one that I, I revisit the most. I've rewatched it the most. I, I own every single one except, um, except Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because I have the Tarantino, the package. Eight? Yeah, yeah, I have it on. Digital. Actually, I lied. So I don't have. So I don't have Django or Hateful because I don't think they. I don't think they made it with Django. I think yeah. they made it with Inglorious Bastards was the last one on there. Yeah, I have the eight on digital, but I think I have the other two already yeah. all part of my digital collection. Well, of course, one of my favorite movies of all time, possibly my favorite movie of all time, was written by him. True Romance. True Romance. So he wrote that shit. Movie. I mean, it's. Have you seen it again it's recently? Solid, I haven't seen it recently, Ooh. but it's a solid film. I know that. That's good. We should do it on the podcast. That'd be good. We keep adding these things to the list. You know what's funny? We haven't even gotten to the, the requests. Because people requested some movies of us, and we haven't even gotten to those. We keep adding other movies onto our list. Because <laughs> we would watch... You and I watched The Hard Way last weekend. We with, did. With uh, James Woods and Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. Fox. We're like, well, you know, we should do this for the podcast. It's kind of fun. Because I was thinking about doing a whole other podcast where... And I've talked about this before. Where we talk about non-Comic-Con related movies. Yeah. 
But I was like, really? You're just going to do another movie podcast, you know? And so it didn't really quite get off the ground because I couldn't quite get the same kind of feel for it. And then I was like, well, why don't I just talk about those movies on the Comic-Con podcast? Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even our friends, Kobayashi Jedi and his, uh, his buddy, uh, they do all kinds of shit. Like they just did The Odd Couple. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, and it was actually a really good episode. So shout out Vegas Ramblers. Go check it out. It's on any platform where podcasts are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. And that kind of discourse on a non-comic book related movie, I was like, oh, we could do that shit too. Half the time we do it anyway. Yeah. You know? But really what we're talking about here is anything that's cosplayed. And I think you could cosplay the fuck out of Last Action Hero. You can. And we even talked about possibly doing the cop films after we watched them. Right. Away. We were like, well, maybe we should do like a 90s cop films. Yeah. Uh, or like show. underrated cop or films. Underrated cop films. So we, we watched Cuffs. Cuffs was fun though, dude. Wasn't Cuffs great again? It was. It, I forgot about all the all the little things in there, like the uh, there's a scene in the car where his partner's cussing him out, and they bleep out every f bomb except the very last <laughs> one. And then there's like the subtitles when he's talking to the dog when his when his mouth yeah. is uh, covered with duct tape. Um, and it's he he breaks the fourth wall throughout the entire movie, and that just makes it fun too. He's just talking to the audience. God, it's so it was so fun, dude. When they opened that door. When it's, I guess it's like his, um, he's not the chief because it's a patrol office. They're patrol officers, but they're not real cops. Yeah, they're like hired by the, something by the district. That Los Angeles, his crime rate's too high, so they've had to break it into smaller districts of people or something. If like you that, haven't seen it, Christian Slater's brother is a basically a cop. He dies in the line of duty. Christian Slater sees the guy who kills his, his brother, and he's kind of like a, a vagabond just kind of bumming money from his brother all the time, sleeping on couches, but he's knocked up his hot, 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 young Mila Jovovich of a girlfriend. And uh, he witnesses that, and he decides to take over the district and become... Well, yeah, in the will or something, he's left it. He left it to him, yeah. He's the next family member, so he decides not to sell and take so it So it might seem like a drama, but it's it's a comedy all the way through. It's a, it's a, it's a dramedy. Uh, but it was good. And, he's a, he, he, and he ends up being Christian Slater. He's Christian Slater the whole time. I mean, he's 130 pounds soaking wet, but he's still a badass with a gun, apparently. And it was just fun, you know? It really was. And I think us watching Hardway and Cuffs... Like back-to-back back like that? Back-to-back. Back, and then going into Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah. Makes you even appreciate those films like all together. I think they were because, all, all made around the same time. Well, you think because Hardway and... Hardway's more about an actor mimicking a cop. Absolutely. Whereas Christian Slade is more of the meta bringing you into the picture. And then now it's just combined with Arnie being the cop, being the actor, being the cop. Being an action hero who playing a cop <laughs> yeah. in a movie. And coming ki- out of the movie. And the kids breaking the fourth wall by going into the movie and all right. those things. So exactly. Yeah. So they're all kind of in this weird little family. They are. So it worked. God, the Hardway was so good. It was. If you guys haven't seen The Hard Way, you should. And if you haven't seen Cuffs, well, I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to check out Cuffs. Oh, man. That scene when they open, they come to the door and he opens it. He thinks, he thinks it's another bad guy. He goes, freeze, asshole. And the banker's like, <laughs> and just does the fucking arm. Like that guy made that choice to do that. You know, like that was something he did. And then he just falls over. Oh, you don't have to see it. That that's, that doesn't relay well on audio. But yeah. it's still a great scene. I can laugh about it. Absolutely. I've seen it just recently. Like what is your favorite scene from Last Action Hero? Hey. hey. You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. There. 
I mean, the opening scene alone, the Jack Slater opening scene when he's like walking on the fucking police cars and the guitar comes in. It's hard to pick a favorite scene. I I think one of my favorite scenes is just a cheesy scene where Bridget, whatever her name is, who plays Mm -hmm. his daughter, um, gets smacked and she says... um, Big mistake. Big mistake. And she starts beating up the bad guys. Yeah, and then like kicks him in his balls. But when she does, like launches him across the room into the bookshelf. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) It's just amazing like how over exaggerated Mm -hmm. that they made the action. Dude, there's a there's a scene where like he shoots a guy off of a truck. The guy goes flying into an ice cream truck, and the ice cream truck explodes immediately. Like this movie recognizes. (laughs) And then the ice cream. All the 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 guy in the back of the head. Ice that guy. Kona phrase. <laughs> so many bad puns. Hey, who does a doctor treat? Patients. And the elbow on my jacket. What is it doing? Wearing thin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was a stretch. How would you recast this movie? Should we recast this movie? It'd be tough to recast this film. So we should probably do it, right? We should probably yeah. roll up our sleeves and recast this guy. Casting call. We're gonna recast the movie now. Casting calls where we recast the movie sometimes for the hell of it, sometimes for the fun of it, and sometimes just because we gotta do something or we're not gonna have anything else to do. So I won't t- I won't recast Arnold right away, but I got some tricks up my sleeve. So I don't even want to do like a, a like a what if this movie came out now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? For me, for me at least, I'm gonna just do a. Just another old 80s, 90s. Actually, I'll make. The, I'll go back a couple decades. 70s, 60s? I'll go. I'll go to 80s. I'll go to 80s. Okay. So this game came out in like nine. This movie came out in 93. Three. I'll go to 83 or 84. Okay. You know. Actually, that won't really work either for this. Oh, I got an idea. You make it now, but you change up the rules a little bit. You okay. Know? So instead of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the action hero, you have another action hero who's just a. A cool Snake Plissken kind of a guy, you know, like a Kurt Russell kind of a guy. Yeah. But he's not Kurt Russell now. He's like Kurt Russell, Escape from L.A., Kurt Russell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's that age, Kurt Russell. And Christina Ricci, you know, young Christina Ricci from Adam's Family, she gets thrust into. So we're just all over the spectrum. Yeah, we're just all over the spectrum. Because like we can flow through time and space on this one. Um. Or if it wasn't Christina Ricci, it could be like uh, Natalie Portman from Leon, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, of course, there have been younger actresses now, uh, like Haley Stanfield, you know, from the True Grit remake. You could throw her in there, too. But I like the idea of throwing a girl, a young girl, into an action movie like that, because then we get like a little bit of a Logan Jubilee relationship, where, you know, where she, he has to like take her on like a Wolfman and Cub. Wolfman? Lone Wolf and Cub storyline. Yeah. I um, think Chloe... Zvenye? No, Chloe. Oh, let, hey, girl. Let, let me in. Yeah, that girl, the vampire from Let Me In. I think so. Was she the vampire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Reeves. He's gonna be directing uh, our Batman. You better. Yeah. You better get on his discography. On I own it on the Voodoo. If you want to watch it, I need to check it out. It's then. solid. I never saw the sweet the Sveed one. Sveden. I never saw it. Everybody was like, "It's so much better. It's so much darker. It's so much." I was like, "Okay, I believe it. I, that's fine," but. That one doesn't have Richard Jenkins, character actor of lore. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. Anyway. I think her or a young... Um, I said I wasn't going to do Arnold's character right away. For and zombie, I just jumped around. For Zombieland. 
The, okay. Um, uh, not Emma, but... Oh, I don't like that little girl. Uh, She's good, but I don't like But her. like from Little Miss Sunshine, like a young... Or the even a... Or even a... Yeah, I see what you're saying. Man, I don't like her. That's okay. She's... I don't know. But I was thinking now... It's like she, Abigail Breslin. Abigail, yeah, Abigail. Abigail. It's like she's too good. She was so good in that uh, Little Miss Sunshine. She was so phenomenal in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then she shows up in Zombieland, and I was just like... She's a wasted character in Zombieland. I guess. I don't know. I don't really like that movie, Zombieland. People love that movie. You know what it is? I think it's Eisenberg. I think everything he touches... You just don't like. Right. Like, he shows up in, in Man ver- in, in Man vs. Steel. In, in, <laughs> in, in Batman v. Superman. Man vs. Steel. Um, and he just... Oh, God. I mean, I've, I've, I've stopped listening to podcasts when he shows up, you know? Like, you know, when you get the, the thing in your, in your Apple podcast and it's like, it starts to download and you're like, oh, cool. Another Mark Maron podcast. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. No, 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 no. And you delete the thing, you know, you don't even give the download the credit. So it doesn't yeah. go towards his credit of downloads. You're like, nope, you're not even getting the download credit. Sorry. This one's not going to your feed, even though it's not really hurting him because he's got like, you know, millions of downloaders. But still. Just in case, just in notices. case, you son of a bitch for putting Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> on your podcast. <sighs> what about Charles Dance, the villain? I mean, he was so iconic in this, <clears throat> and rightfully so. I mean, he shows up in Goldeneye with Eddie Murphy. We don't see him for a couple thousand years. Then he shows up in this thing. And you're like, damn, you are a solid actor. Never mind Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. being a cruel son of a bitch in that. Or the game is on in Dracula, three thousand. I could take a um, Gary Oldman, Leon the Professional Gary Oldman. Ooh, good call. Sick pull. Always a sick pull. Because I think he could he could pull off the comedic chops as well as the villainous. Yeah. Because look at Fifth Element, the way he... Shit, look at fucking True Romance. <laughs> exactly, the way he the, just does it. The way everything. he played the pimp. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, to me, is his best role of all time. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. And I feel like it's the second time I've said that on the podcast with you. It is. God. Because he's sitting down in, in the restaurant or in the strip club, and it's his joint. And he's eating Chinese food. He's got his robe on. He's like lounging. For all we know, he just woke up or he just finished having sex with one of the, <laughs> one of the, one of the, um, the night stalkers and, uh, or night walkers, you know, one mm-hmm. of the ladies of the night, you know. I don't have to say derogatory term for these women that are just trying to put their kids through grad school or put themselves through grad school. Hopefully they're not putting their kids through grad school. They'd be a little long in the tooth. You got a problem with old women? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> oh. Oh, I just don't know if it works for the... Uh... Oh, God, it's so much better with the glasses on. Uh. <sighs> I don't know, man. Yeah, that's good. That's solid. What about solid. you? Mm. I got nothing. I'm trying to think here. I really don't know. Because you, you want a smooth-talking kind of villain like that. You really do. Or unless you go the other route with it and just get somebody... A little bit more brazen, but I like that he's working for. I mean, another great cast member that I totally forgot to fucking mention, Anthony Quinn, who plays Vivaldi. You know, mm-hmm. you you do a you do a, a three sixty. It's a one eighty. If I did a three sixty, I'd get back to where I started. <laughs> what? Trust me. Wham. Uh, you're entering another dimension. Fuck out. it, Harvey R. Bardem. I like him. Right. He plays solid bad guys. He's classy enough. He's scary enough. John Lithgow, that's a great, that's a great fucking shot. I was, I was thinking him from Cliffhanger, like. I mean, oh yeah, just... he was the bad guy in Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. He was also the bad guy in Ricochet too. Denzel Washington. I have to check that out. Underrated. 
close friend of mine, Andy Hanlon, Andrew Hanlon, Andron. I like that. Uh, Hanlino. He would always reference that movie on the back of the bus. Like, <laughs> Ricochet, motherfuckers. And he'd be like, God, I don't, nobody's seen Ricochet, Andy. Like, Ricochet. <laughs> um, shout out to Andy Hanlon or Andron Hanlino. And uh, I don't know. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who's got another piece of the pie? I mean, you could recast so many people in that. That's so many great actors in this movie. And we miss the Sharon Stone cameo, but I know for a fact it exists. I know I'm not taking crazy pills. No, you're not. She, sh- she walks out wearing the same basic instinct outfit. But I also she's uncredited. miss the um, T-1000. The T-1000 shows up too. And I miss that that one yeah. as well. I don't know where it was. Because you've got um, James Belushi as himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Little Richard as himself. MC Hammer as himself. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase. And Where's Chevy Chase? When it's Chevy Chase and Damon Wayans are just walking together and Jack Slater pushes them out of the way and runs at at the the premiere. At the premiere. But they don't really say anything. Um, James Bellucci says he's got a more funny line. He's like, yeah, I don't really like him, but she likes him. Right. And it gets her in the mood and I like to be there when that happens. Right, 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 (laughs) right, 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 right. And Arnold's uh, Arnold's wife is there the entire time, like nagging him. Like, she's like, please don't talk. She's like, please stop talking. Like, because he would... He went on and um, when he announced, uh, I read his book, you know, Total Recall. Really? Yeah, his autobiography. And uh, he talked about how his wife didn't want him to run for office and how he wasn't going to do it. And then like on the talk show, like on the on Jay Leno, he just basically announced it like against, <laughs> even though she told him like, don't, you know. And so like, I think they, before the cheating or whatever, which he, he totally acknowledges on his book mm-hmm. and he owns up to it and stuff like that. So it's actually, it's a solid read. And he's a phenomenal Guy, I mean, I, I, we talked about Arnold all the time and loving his movies, but he is—he's still like the American dream to me. Yeah, like he epitomizes all of that because he's a guy who came here with nothing and became pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So to have that and to come here, you know, he's just—he resembles everything that what this country should be about in terms of embracing, yeah, I want- immigrants from other countries and having them, you know, frolic and you know. I watched his Instagram a couple of days ago. And it was like a, like a throwback Thursday of two days after the guy had kicked him in the back when he was at that African um, mm-hmm. thing that he was sponsoring. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like pulling all the weights down. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's still a beast. Like, he's still a beast. That's awesome. He's still a beast. And he still pushes that, that every day you got to do something physical. you know. And if you're not fucking huge like me, you can just go for a bike ride or you can just go for a stroll, but you got to do something physical every day, that kind of thing. Now, I did like his... His comeback film, The Last Stand. Was that the comeback film? Comeback film. I think that was the first film. Yeah, because he was doing he... the cameos for Expendables, like one or two or something like that. And people mm-hmm. were like, oh my God, is he going to come back to acting? And Last Stand was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, you know, when he gets thrown through that window and you're like, hey, Sheriff, how are you? And he goes, old. <laughs> like that was solid to me. And I like him playing like an older guy in that movie. Yeah, and very straight. You had Johnny mm-hmm. Knoxville as like, the comic relief the comic relief and yeah. i liked it it, it worked i'm a well. comedy sidekick i'm a comedy sidekick <laughs> just like last action exactly uh oh god mercedes rule quick mention quick shout out she plays danny's mom mm-hmm. she's great she only has a couple scenes she has a great scene with arnold schwarzenegger of course he's pretending to just be arnold schwarzenegger at that moment and not jack slater um, actually no he's pre- he tells her that he is jack slater he does and that he looks like arnold he does i thought he was pretending to be arnold when they first meet, but when he wakes up in the morning, the kid wakes up, Danny wakes up in the morning, 
they're sitting at breakfast talking, and she's like, Jack told me that he was a cop and that you were down at the thing looking at mugshots with him the whole time. Oh, my God, you're right. You're so right. See, this is what I get for leaving the room with my baby boy. Um, but she has such a great chemistry with, with anyone she's in a scene with. I know her from Married to the Mob with Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. and Alec Baldwin. She plays Alec Baldwin's wife in that. Um, boop, strike that. Alec Baldwin plays Michelle Pfeiffer's husband who gets iced. He, get, he dies, and then she's single. And then she hooks up with Matthew Modine, who's like an FBI agent. But you kind of want her to stay with Dean Stockwell because Dean Stockwell, who plays Al in Quantum Leap, he's mm-hmm. the main mafia guy and his wife is Mercedes Rule. And she's all like mafia wiped out in that movie. And she's just great. And the scenes between her and Michelle Pfeiffer with the big hair and the huge hoop earrings, you don't need to go to Pornhub when you watch that movie. <laughs> mm. Well, if you're Nick Stevens, you don't anyway. But, uh, yeah, just a great, great, great shout-out to her. And another quick shout-out, by the way, before we go any further with mm-hmm. this casting call of ours. <laughs> it's pretty much done, I think. Um, we tried. Fucking Ian McKellen as death shows was, up in this. That was amazing. For the longest time, I never really... I mean, you and I didn't know who he was for the longest time. But seeing this now with him in it, you know... We talked about that with the my shadow. List, you know? Because he was Absolutely. in the shadow. And right. At that point, he wasn't on our radar. He was radar. Ian McKellen, right, of course. He was on Shakespeare's radar, and that's about it. Oh, dude, speaking of Shakespeare, something's rotten in the state of Denmark. We've got, we got to see that movie. No one's going to say goodnight <laughs> to this sweet prince. Who said I was fair? <laughs> oh, Claudius. <laughs> to be or not to be. I think I'm just... Now, if I had to do a crappy casting call, a crappy 2019 reboot casting call, they would put Dwayne Johnson. Oh, Dwayne Johnson. Now, I love him. But you know that he seems to be in everything. They've been talking about him for Big Trouble Little China. They've been... Yeah. That would be pretty solid. I mean, because he is... He sort of... Is the Arnie. Arnold. I mean, Arnold passed the torch to him in the rundown. Mm Because there was that whole scene where he like bumps into him and they have a little exchange in the rundown. And that was supposed to be like a symbolic like passing of the torch. Um, The rundown was not bad. You know why it's not that bad? Chris fucking Walken is the bad guy. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty solid. And Sean William Scott is a comedic relief. He's pretty good. And he did. He did. I. Th- I think I liked him better in that than as Stifler because he kind of showed a little bit more of his acting and comedic chops mm-hmm. in the rundown versus being Stifler. And- I just rewatched uh, Reno Nine One One, Miami, when they all go to Miami, and The Rock actually shows up in there for a second, but he blows himself up with a grenade. And like, <laughs> dude, it's so he's so young in it. You know, you're like, wow, like fresh out of Scorpion King, but he's so good. Um, his comedic chops have always just been there. I mean, all the SNL hostings and everything, but, um, but now, yeah, Sean William Scott, too. No, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying it would be a crappy film, but I'm just saying. No, I think they, that would be good. Re- of course. Everything of course. But it would be, it would be him because he is the epitome of Arnie now because he seems to be that kind of playing action, playing the humor. Right, and right. The, I think, I don't know how, I mean, because they did, they sort of did like a, they said they did something similar to it with the sequel to the um, Jumanji, where they mm-hmm. took the people out of this world and put them in to the game. But it was like more of like a video game thing. But they like switch roles and they were, you know, yeah. Like that was very fun to watch. I saw it like and they're supposed to be I, making another one. Yeah, I think they're filming it or they've mm-hmm. already filmed it. Um, but it was solid. And it was good. To, like that kind of thing could be done. I'm not sure if this one would work as well because I think. People don't really even appreciate the action movies the way no. they used to. I think it's just a superhero thing now. It it would be 
it would be more of a Wayne's Brothers film now, like scary, well, I don't even scary think movie that kind of thing. If you were trying yeah. to make it nowadays, because like you said, nobody appreciates it, so it would be more of just a joke on that film, right? And that, um, that, that genre. I don't think people appreciate it for what it was when it came out. Mm-mm. Like I think it was ahead of its time in a way, or maybe it was like too late. I don't know, but I mean, I think it was almost too clever. It had all the right people involved. It had so many great people involved behind them, the camera and in front of the camera that should have made this movie a huge, massive success. And it wasn't for whatever reason. People just didn't respond to it. Um, but I fucking love this movie. I do too. You know, I mean, I love this movie. I mean, I knew half the scenes before they were even come up on the screen, you know? I mean, I knew half the lines like, and the fucking score and the music and the acting and the gotta catch that red eye. Wow. Like people think that's cheesy, but that signifies to me like when he does that look back and he just gives him that half smile, that smirk, the same smirk they he kind of gives in Terminator Two before he's like, "I'll be back," you know, mm-hmm. and he's like about to fucking gas the police, you know. He doesn't he doesn't kill anybody, but he like wounds them all, you know, and he gases them with the thing, and they all have to like get to put the gas mask on. Oh yeah, know? or he shoot, it, shoots them on the leg, doesn't he? Well, he shoots him in the leg in the lobby, but when he gets up on the out of the roof or whatever, he's, oh, okay. uh, yeah, he's like blowing up. He's shooting up all their cars and shit, you know. So good, so fucking good. <sighs> I guess we should rate this thing. Yeah, six beautiful ratings on this show when we rate our movies because we like to stay positive. So we have six flavors of positivity for you because who wants to be negative when it's almost midnight? Holy shit on a Sunday. Call it a work good, movie theater good, mm, home video good, catch it on cable good, sick with the flu good, and solitary confinement good. Jimmy. I'm going to go with movie theater good. Movie theater good. I agree. If it came out in theaters, mm-hmm. you'd go out and see it. Yeah. If there was a 25th anniversary, I'd go out and see it, which would have been last year. So oh, have to wait damn. For a I guess we got to wait for 30th, huh? <laughs> which would be what? 2023. 2023. Yeah. If I can do math. I can do I said it. 2003, so we're just way off. <laughs> we can go back in time. For the 10-year anniversary. Um, I'm going to say this movie is all six ratings for me. Really? Because I would call out of work to go see this in a movie theater. I would... Watch this in a movie theater, if it was just in a movie theater, um, opening night. I would own this as I did. I bought it for like $6 on Amazon, and it came shipped to my house. Because I'm sure it was on some streaming service at some point, but it's one of those movies that kind of resurfaces and then mm-hmm. it's taken off again. I think it's on Voodoo a couple of times. And I just wanted it, so I just bought it. See, and um, I thought I owned it, but I didn't, so I'll have to go back and... Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Like, it came in the mail, my wife opened it. She's like, what? What? what, is, what is this? Like, what... Like, I don't understand. Like, what? We're, you're still buying movies? Like, and I was like, yeah, well, I couldn't buy a digital copy that was on. You know? I, didn't, I didn't want to pay, like, a certain amount of money for it, you know? Because I felt 999? like. Because I just felt guilty, like, yeah. So I was just like, yeah. I, and I found that on there, and I was like, all right, five bucks. Here we go. It ended up being like six and change after tax. And, you know. mm-hmm. um, but you got that Prime guy, didn't you? Yeah, I got that Prime guy. You Which know? is now becoming like next day instead of like two day. I know, things. I like it. They're trying to beat out Walmart and all their competitors. Mm-hmm. It's like that thirty minute pizza thing. Remember the thirty minute pizza? Yeah. So I told my wife she said she didn't really remember like why it went away. She thought they were still doing. it. I was like, no, it went away because people were getting in accidents. Like people were wrecking their cars. Do you remember that? I don't remember why it went away. They took it away because people were fucking dying. Maybe not makes dying. Sense. Maybe it's a little but dramatic. No, but that makes sense. Because, because think about it, like rush yeah, it. and like rainstorms and like inclement weather, and they were like, nope, pizza's free if it's not thirty minutes. And you're like, fuck, dude, it's fucking pouring rain out here. 
and I think people are getting in accidents. And I don't Spider Man got fired for it. It's around the same time that the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just caught Spider-Man got fired. I just caught that. Oh, fucking poor Toby. Poor Toby, Peter Parker. Peter, I like you, but you're stupid. Um, eat some baba ganoush. Man. Even though he owns a pizza shop. Yeah, it's a pizza shop. Well, he's, he's Greek, right? Yeah. I don't know. Seem Greek or Mediterranean. They eat baba ganoush in the Mediterranean? Just go with it. Don't question it. I'm not as cultured as I should be, but you're probably more cultured. I'm not that cultured. I mean, I lived in a houseboat in Spain when I was a kid, but no big deal. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. Call to work good. Mm -hmm. Movie theater good. Home video good. Um, Yeah, I'd catch it on cable good, too, because if it's just on, I'm going to watch it, which I have certain Mm -hmm. scenes. I've even YouTube certain scenes that I'm just having a low day. It's true. It happens. That's awesome. What do you watch on YouTube when you're having a low day? Or I'd probably do you not do that. I probably don't do YouTube. I'll <laughs> probably just do a whole film. I'll find something like and usually. What's your go-to? Do you actually watch the whole film? Probably it would be some kind, something kind of comedy that can drain okay. my mind. Okay. Um, something that I can cut off my brain. We've talked about this before, like just so I can just shut down things. I will actually YouTube, um, and this is funny too. And I'm not stealing this from him. I need people to understand this because I'm going to say that. You ever do something or say something? It's part of you. It's who you are. And then you find out somebody else does that. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder like if it's like if other people are wired like you, like is it really true genetics or are we really created with different with the same ingredients? Like we like people yeah. have like our souls and our personalities have similar ingredients, you know what I'm saying? Like like we were on the same baking sheet when we came out of the oven. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I but some of us came out a little burnt, you know what I mean, <laughs> along the way. I uh I watch Norm McDonald clips when I'm just kind of having like a little low day, you know, but I also watch like Howard Stern clips. Um, and Howard Stern was interviewing Norm McDonald and he's telling him in the middle of the interview and he goes, you know, sometimes when I'm having a low day or a bad day, I, I watch clips of you online. And I was like, this son of a bitch. <laughs> Not only am I watching him, it was a very kind of quasi meta thing. Cause I was like, I was watch, I watched, I listened to both of them cause I don't have XM. Okay. So I can't listen to Stern on XM or anything like that, but I'll YouTube his show or old old interviews, you know. I just find him fascinating. And Norm MacDonald, likewise, I find him equally fascinating, brilliant, clever, um, and just hilarious, like with the dry humor. And he doesn't really do any interviews anymore, but he had that show on Netflix where he was interviewing people, and it was just hilarious. It was just so good, you know. Um, and he just brightens my day when I listen to shit like that, you know? So that's the kind of stuff like I would watch. So when Howard Stern did that shit, anyway, the whole thing is I was bringing that up because I would watch scenes from this movie as well. Like yeah. certain, certain action scenes or certain comedic scenes, um, just to kind of, and I should start doing that. Me up, like you know, said, like Robocop, Point Break, all that shit. I don't have time to watch a whole film. But. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Because you have to put in time when you're a papa. Yeah, and when I shut my brain down, usually I try to go towards 80s because I know it's 90 minute films. Mm-hmm. But I also it's quick know and short. what we talked about the Terminator. How I texted you the other day about how man this film is so good. Like just mm-hmm. because it's straight to the it's point. Just simple. There's, there's no agenda. It's simple. And it seems like. Every film you watch today, there's some kind of hidden agenda somewhere in it. So you're just kind of like, okay, I just right. want to shut my brain off right. when I go to the theaters. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, Stick with the flu? Stick with the flu good. Same thing because, and somebody brought this up a couple times. Stick with the flu good used to really mean it's so bad that the only way you're really going to watch is if you're sick with the flu, you're not going to get off the couch, that kind of thing. 
But there's actually another meaning that came out of it. Some people would argue, well, stick with the flu good could mean you want something that, that makes it's, you feel it's good. comfort. Like right, a, like, like a comfort Chicken food. noodle soup. Exactly. And this is like that. Mm-hmm. This is totally a stick with the flu good movie where you could be like, oh, it actually makes me feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I totally get behind that. Like for my thing for stick with the flu good for a long time before they had the podcast was watching like animated movies. You know, as I got older, I always felt like guilty watching that shit. Not so much anymore because I've kind of gotten past that. But I used to feel really insecure about like reading comics and watching cartoons, you know, because no, I, I, I was out of my 20s and I was like, I like how I said out of my 20s. <laughs> really, Nick? You were, you were in your 20s and you were still okay with it? No. Um, I got into my 30s and I was like, oh shit, I definitely can't watch this anymore. So I'd be sick, you know, like laying in bed. Like, Let me pull up this Justice League of America cartoon. you know. But now I don't give a flying fuck. Well, now I got a, now I got a son. So yeah. I can get away with murder. It's it's nice if uh, you know I've had kids um, at least for ten years now. That's crazy to think about. It is, but my one year anniversary mm-hmm. when we were married, when we had no kids, I think we went and saw Cars in the theater. You, That's you know? fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. You feel less guilty when you have kids. You're just like, you know what? I'm a grown man sitting I know. in this theater and probably enjoy myself way more than any other. Uh, Jen kid and in I this watched room. Jen and I watched Uto- uh, Zootopia. Before we had the sons, you know, and we loved it. It's amazing. It's Just, a solid film. I think because of the storylines that they, they write with it. Yeah, you can they enjoy do. It. They make it now so that we can all enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. and not feel questioned by the paparazzi. But even solitary confinement, good. If I'm in solitary confinement and somebody slid a copy of this under the door, I would watch it. Yeah, because that's, that's what you're going to watch. It would distract me from <laughs> the misery that is... Solitary confinement. Yeah, exactly. God, what a horrible way live a life you know like lock me up with some people and then i'll be okay i don't want to be in a cell alone you know in the dark i guess if you had your movie collection it wouldn't be as bad (laughs) you could certainly pass some time with some movie collections probably they give you a little recorder and you start doing a little podcast by yourself but it's not going anywhere you're just recording (laughs) you keep recording over the same episodes like on a little task cam like Alright, this is episode 999, but it's really just the first episode because you keep recording over the other because you have a little tape. I was going to say, they don't even give you a task cam. It's, it's an old recorder it's an old with tape a cassette recorder, yeah. tape. And you but it's like a 30-minute cassette put tape. Put out the cassette yeah. tape every day and they give you a new one. But it's not a new one. They just keep <laughs> just recording over it. Yeah, They're lying to you. You think you're getting like an archive somewhere to leave behind for your legacy. <laughs> just like this podcast will be left behind <laughs> as a legacy for all the people. It will. For all the people. On Anchor.fm. On Anchor.fm or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Real quick, kids. If you have an iPhone, okay, go to Apple Podcasts on your iPhone and rate and review us. It takes like five minutes, if that. You rate us, you review us. If you have an iPad or iPhone or anything, you just do that, okay? If you don't, go to Spotify, subscribe, follow us. You know, if you don't do that, go to anchor.fm on an Android or iPhone or anywhere that's heard or available. Go to Stitcher Podcast. We're available on all of those platforms. Okay. Rate and review us or follow us or share us on your Facebooks or go follow me at uh, at Comic-Cons Podcast on IG on the old Instagrams and follow me and like me. (laughs) We want you to like me. They like me. They really like me. Um, no, but these are all just ways to get a hold of the podcast. If you want to direct message me or if, Hey, say if you want to, I don't know, talk about a movie that, uh, you'd like us to talk about, or if you, or if you've heard an episode where we talked about a movie like last action hero and you disagree with everything we said, 
or maybe we forgot to say something, or maybe we missaid something, or we misspoke. It happens. Retractions can come about. Let us know. It right? happens a lot. Email us. It does? Not a lot, but oh. I'm just saying. I, retractions do happen. Retractions do happen. We're human. We ain't mm-hmm. perfect. You know what I'm saying? So sue me if I want to give something back. And then, uh, of course, email us at comicconspodcast at gmail.com. And we got a few more emails that trickled in. I'm going to read them on a later episode. Do you still do the voicemail or no? We still do the voicemail. I'm glad you brought it up because I, f- I keep forgetting to fucking talk about it. <laughs> um, yes, I'll pull it up right now. A voicemail so that you, the listener, and a friend of the podcast can call in and leave a voicemail, whether it's uh, a kind, friendly voicemail saying, we love the Comic-Cons podcast. The Comic-Cons podcast is, is so nice. It's so good. It made me want to get out of bed in the morning and go for a run or a bike ride. Uh, it's 571-336-2662. That's 571-336-2662. Call. Leave a voicemail. Tell us how much you love us. You hate us. You're indifferent. It doesn't matter. Kamikazes unite. Kamikazes unite. We just want to hear from you guys. That's all. Uh, all 350 of you. Just about. I think we're about 350 subscribers. Awesome. That's pretty good, right? That is. But uh, we only average about, I don't know, maybe 10 emails a month or so. And usually it's like direct messages on social media. So we want that to kind of kick up a notch. You know, we want people to maybe the, maybe it's really only like 100 listeners and subscribers and the other 250 or 57 of them are like just drones or robots or whatever. Kind of like that, uh, <coughs> that Twitter feed thing that happened in, you know, 20. Yeah. 16 or something. The drones that were kind of... The Russians. I don't know. Well. (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, do all that, please. Um, And, you know, likewise. Uh, Look, we're going to... We have some shirts. We ordered some more shirts. We're going to have more shirts. I know that we got a message or email about it not too long ago. Hey, do you still have shirts? I need this size. And I had to order some more large and some more medium. So we're going to have those available. I'll let you guys know when they become available. And then I'll put them on the website or the Facebook, if you will, or whatever, the social meds, and you guys can message us and we can send you some shirts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what else? What else? What else? I think that's it. I think that's pretty much it. Did Nick you have will anything? wear each shirt personally. I will wear it personally. And then send it to you. And then send it to you. And I'll go After roll a around long day in, the in the yard. Long day in the yard. You know what I mean? A long day in the bed with my wife. Even though that hasn't happened since... 1992. I'm going to stop right there and take that out. Mark the time. Mark the time. If there's anything we said on this show that made you ponder your existence, or maybe just wonder about Star Trek The Final Frontier, just remember at the end of the day, it was directed by William Shatner, and it's just fiction. Don't take it seriously. Peter Fonda, rest in peace. Jimmy, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for just hanging out with me late on a Sunday night. It's good. I love that you're here. I love being near you. I love talking to you. I love being here. And I love you guys. So thanks for listening. And uh, gotta catch the red. Wee!